This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Previously on Colors. America has spoken. It wants diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And some key government agencies and organizations are listening. My office has taken what was handed to us um, earlier this year and strengthened it, put more concrete measures of effectiveness in. Ambassador Gina Abercrombie Winstanley. She's the State Department's Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer. But we have to go even further and we have probably a hundred or so recommendations that are really going to be difficult and complex. Uh, Things that are going to break some China. Coming up in this episode of Colors. The Oprah Winfrey Network and the National Research Group send a message to American media. First of all, number one, the black woman exists and she matters and she has wants and she has needs and she's got a lot of buying power. So, you know, pay attention to these needs. Cindy Smith is Vice President of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at the National Research Group. They've done a groundbreaking study talking to black women across the country. And here's what they want media to know. They want to see complex portrayals of themselves on screens. That means get rid of the stereotypes and and seeing the, the same old trope over and over again. They want to be seen as someone that is in power. That's coming up in this episode of Colors. Simmering racial tensions. Segregation now and tomorrow and forever. Fighting injustice. I have a dream. Conflict looming. Brutality exposed. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The search for solutions starts here. From WTOP in Washington, D.C. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. My name is Rajesh. I'm American, but my race is mixed with Indian and Hispanic. Marieli Lopez Santana. I'm Puerto Rican, and I reside in Virginia. My name is Karen Hansen. I'm white. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. My name is Michael Williams. I'm an African-American. I'm born and raised in Washington, D.C. My name is Michael Edwards. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I am white. I'm J.J. Green, and I'm black, and this is Colors. It sound right, boys. Black women in America. How are they portrayed in the media? What do Americans think of black women? The Oprah Winfrey Network and the National Research Group have released a survey examining just how black women see themselves reflected in the media. And among the top findings, while the quantity of representation of black women on screen has increased, the quality of the representation needs to reflect the true diversity of that community. As I mentioned, the Oprah Winfrey Network, or OWN, and the National Research Group did this research. Joining us on this podcast is Cindy Smith. She is Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the National Research Group. 
She's going to talk to us about it. Cindy, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. To start off, the Oprah Winfrey Network and the National Research Group released what you are calling the most expansive study ever on the representation of black women in the media. So I wanted to ask a few questions about what you actually found, and I'll start with this one. What were the key objectives or questions you wanted to pursue answers to in this project? Well, there were three main um, objectives for this study, and the questions that um, we set out to answer to meet Black women where they are is, how is the Black woman making strides towards personal fulfillment? How does she and her community come together to drive change? And how does she want to see herself on screen and engage with brands? Why did you decide to do this? This actually, this project, the client came to us actually um, after reading our groundbreaking report in September of 2020 called Representation Matters. And in that particular study, you know, this was shortly after the George Floyd murder, we decided to just take a pulse check and see how Americans were feeling, not just Black Americans, but all Americans, see how they were feeling, but then really focus in on Black representation in media. And this is in terms of news stories and content that they consume by choice. So on the heels of that study, after we shared that, um, the Oprah Winfrey Network reached out to us and said that they would like to do a study to really get a, do a deep dive and get a better understanding of the, the Black female consumer, which is a heavy part of the own audience in terms of you know the, the magazine and in TV shows. So what are you going to do with this research now that it's done? Well, the, the beauty of this research is, is that only has allowed us to share this um, with the public because typically the research that we do when a client reaches out to us, it's all proprietary, it is specific to the client and the information is only shared with the client. Mm -hmm. um, but because this was such interesting findings, th they allowed us to share this information publicly. We presented it at the Media Insights and Engagement Conference and se several publications have picked it up as well. And it's really just getting America to see, first of all, number one, the black woman exists and she matters and she has wants and she has needs and she's got a lot of buying power. So, you know, pay attention to these needs. Have you heard anything back from these folks that you were trying to, to send this message to? No, well, we just published the study. I think it's been about it's been about 10 days now in terms of the study. But the um, Oprah Winfrey Network was so excited about the results and appreciated the research so much. We are going to engage with them with future studies mm -hmm. as, a, as a follow up to this and to continue doing a deep dive into the black women viewer. Mm -hmm. So who did you talk to for this work? How long did it take and where was the research conducted and how? That's four questions, so I can break them down one at a time. Who did you talk to for this work? Well, first of all, um, in March and April of 2021, we spoke with um, nine experts across media, journalism, arts, and psychology. We um, had in-depth interviews with each of these nine women, and we we dug deep into because some were from academics, again, some were social media influence influencers and psychologists, and really just wanted to 
dig a little bit deeper into the needs of the Black woman. And then what we did was we took that information to inform the research for the quantitative portion of the study. And that was conducted um, in the first week of May of 2021. And we reached out to 713 Black American women ages 18 and older. How long did this take and where was the research conducted and particularly how? did Was this a phone? Was this a digital? Was it in person? How was it done? Yes. Well, the expert interviews, I conducted the expert interviews and these were all done online. Um, each of the, the nine experts that I spoke with, I spent about an hour talking to them. And then again, we took this information to inform the, the survey that we did online with the 713 Black American women. Mm-hmm. And once we, we filled it, the study, it took about a week to get the results. And then we sliced and diced the data, you know, a number of different ways just to be sure that we were you know, digging deep enough and, and looking at the data from a, a number of different viewpoints so that it was useful to the client. What were some of the key findings? So, uh, JJ, our study, it moved through really three key sections, um, moving outwards from identifying cultural trends, shaping the lived experience of the Black woman everywhere, first as individuals, then as a collective, and then finally how brands could join in and inciting positive change, as well as implications for the future. And what we found in this study is, number one, something that, that came out loud and clear was that Black women felt that people expected them to be stronger, um, more than a four and five sense an expectation that they're supposed to be even stronger than others. And this, this stereotype, we found that it came not only from the necessity for survival, but it's not necessarily the full story. Mm-hmm. I noticed that uh, perceptions that black women shared with you about themselves and the way America sees and treats them were pretty remarkable. Um, you just sort of, sort of touched on that about being the expectations. What were some of the other things you found? Okay, so um, what we found is that um, it's really a collective movement towards a more inclusive society. Um, you know, representation needs to be more about um, more than just increasing the number of diverse perspectives included. We need to have meaningful representation that affords hope and inspires belief that real change is within reach. Um, you know, as I said earlier, 81% of Black women believe that they're expected to be stronger. But the good news is, is that nine in 10 black women say that they feel a renewed power and strength to make real change. But again, the key part of this is that change is key. The vast majority of the women that we spoke to indicated that emotional well-being needs to be talked about more in the black community. Okay. Another key finding was that, you know, Women, again, there's a collective movement. And again, more than nine in 10 said that when another black woman succeeds, they feel like they've succeeded as well. Representation IQ. That was the title of your study. Is that correct? Yes. Reflecting black women today. Our ambition. We set out to answer three questions for the media. 
to meet black women where they are. And you've already told us about those those three things. And you told us about the, the nine women that you spoke to. Um, can you uh, give us a little background on who these nine women were? We don't need names, but just where they came from, where what, what, what they do and, and how they made it into this study. Sure, absolutely. Um, we, our, our research team, sought out to get a variety of um, expert opinions. So we, the, the nine experts are across media, journalism, arts, and psychology. Uh, three of the nine women were social media influencers. Um, one was an anti-racist advocate, as well as an influencer. Um, another really talked, um, I'm sorry, had blogs for women, mainly targeting women 30 and under. And we talked to uh, professors from Rutgers and Howard. And uh, we also spoke with uh, someone from the University of Chicago, who was also the chief artistic and programming officer for the Academy Museum. Mm-hmm. Nine in 10, according to the study, agree, I feel a renewed power and strength to make real change. And there's, a, I think, a quote in here, or at least... Uh, Um, A few words in here that describes that the value of representation lies in respecting differences and empathizing with the lens and lived experiences others see the world through. Meaningful representation affords hope and inspires belief that real change is within reach. This, I'm assuming, is something that all of these, or at least nine in ten of these women came away from this, this research thinking or feeling or brought that to you. So how did that inform everything else that you did there there it seems as though they were pretty strong and confident in themselves oh absolutely the um the, the women you know the women that we spoke with in terms of the expert interviews were definitely you know very confident in themselves and very confident in where we are and where we need to go in terms of media and how black people in general, not just black women, but how we are represented on screen. And this is, Mm -hmm. you know, this is in advertisements as well as in, you know, film content. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not just the screen. There's radio, there's podcasts, there's newspapers, there's all sorts of other things that need to be considered when, when you start thinking about the interpretation and representation of black women. And, you know, when you consider other media, um, social media as well, you know, the mainstream people think about TV networks and they kind of get all googly eyed and they just need to realize and understand that that's not where it's at anymore. I mean, <laughs> on a good day, some of these major news networks struggle to get 100, 200,000 people to watch, but you've got millions of people on YouTube and other media as well. So is there any sense that this information uh, can help in those spaces as well. Oh, absolutely. Because as you, as you've said, you know, there's so many options to view content. And what I'm finding with the, with the younger generation, with Gen Z is that if they can't find what they want to see, they will go ahead and they will make it. They will make content on their own that is more representative of their lived experience. The, the explosion of YouTube and all of these, you know, TikTok and all of these other channels, you're seeing people taking control. They're getting their, you know, their iPhone or their ring light, and they are creating their own content that represents who they are, not just what you see with the media portrays. 
So I, I'm excited about that and the fact that they don't have to wait for a large studio or a network to distribute their content. People can make their own content and it is being seen by the masses. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about economics for a moment. How have black women been impacted historically by America's economic system because of media perceptions? Because of the the depth and the quantity of negative media perceptions of black women, they have certainly suffered in the workplace in terms of being hired, being promoted, having a seat at the table, being able to have a voice in in their own lives. Black women have just had to do with almost, I want to say, what was left over, but they're not doing that anymore. They are taking real charge. They're looking into, you know, side hustles and entrepreneurship to create their own. What solutions were shared to fix some of the problems that were presented uh, and accentuate the positives for Black women? One of the things that um, we've heard in this research and other research that we've done is that they want to see complex portrayals of themselves on screens. That means get rid of the stereotypes and and seeing the the same old trope over and over again. They want to be seen as someone that is in power. They, They want to know that 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 they matter um get rid of the one-dimensional portrayals in terms of behind the scenes we need creatives black creatives that have lived the experience helping create this content so that it comes across as more authentic and more realistic we want to see things in the middle oftentimes when um black women are portrayed they're in the extremes either it's a story of black struggle and pain or, you know, at the other end, there's they have some superpower or there's magic to get where they are. And they really just want to see, see you know, life in the middle. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, you know, that is what we've heard loud and clear. They want the balance between the good and the bad. What is NRGs and the own um, team? What is their definition of the media? Well, in, in this case... Um, we are looking at media, we are looking at brands and advertisers, and we're also looking at content. So, you know, TV shows and movies. Okay. So how do programs like this one fit into your objectives? Well, this fits into the our larger corporate objectives in terms of diversity and representation in the research arena as a whole, it generally has been very non-diverse. One of the things that I'm working on within my company is to increase to increase diversity within the research business because as the the ethnicity of America changes and we're doing this research, we want to have people working on it that are in culture and that understand and can dissect some of the responses that we get. We can touch research across all mediums. A lot of it is, is online. Um, but but you, we do want to have people that are similar to the people that we are surveying. So that is one of my big objectives, you know, again, within the company, within the industry is to, to, to increase the diversity across the board. 
One of the reasons I asked that question is because I alluded to it a little earlier. Um, there are a lot of people in this country, when they think media, they think of networks. They think of movies, as you say. They think of television. But they don't think about podcast. They don't think about radio. They don't think about other forms of media. And is that a whole other thing that needs to be dealt with later? Um, what it is that people think about when they, black women think about when they think of media, because the world is a lot bigger and there's a lot more out there, at least from my perspective as a journalist who've been in this, who's been in this for 30 years, um, for, 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 for everybody, certainly for black women beyond movies, because a lot of black women can do things themselves, as you say, with their own uh, productions with their own operations that are never going to be on television, that are never going to be in the movies, but they can make an impact. So trying to figure out how we can help. Well, you know, JJ, you, you bring up an, an interesting, I'll, I'll, I'll say dilemma, because yes, um, podcasts have taken off and, and people aren't talking about that. Um, in in my research world, it is more film content, but that that is a very important question. And it's something that you know, we need to think about as we move forward, um, you know, on a daily basis, I'm listening to podcasts when, when I'm exercising and I'm learning and hearing from people that I, I never would have imagined. So that is something that that we need to put the focus on as well. Mm. So what can- because these are these are voices that can be heard by the masses to put together a podcast I mean, it, it's a great way to get the word out. And, and I don't know if I've answered your question sufficiently. It's really something, you know, that I need to go back and think about and, and, and pose this question to my company as well is how can we make this more inclusive? The reason another reason why I asked that question is because we recognize and, you know, this is, you know, just we just call it what it is. We are here um, and able to help organizations like yours and the Oprah Winfrey Network promote themselves. You know, we are here when the media push starts. I mean, this is something that I've been exposed to my entire career when people that are in the security world, which is what my day job is, for example, when they have a book out, when they have something they want to promote, the first thing they do is pick up the phone and call the radio guy, you know, to get the word out, to get it started, to get the buzz started. And I'm, that's fine. And I, you know, we own that and I'm okay with that. I'm just wondering if black women and as a general matter and people as a whole know that there is a whole new, um, there's a whole other dimension to what, at least in 2021 and, and moving forward to what um, other media can do, especially when you consider how important it is to educate people uh, trusted sources to educate people. That That's really what I think we can do. We just published, and another area of my company just published a report on, it was a thought leadership piece on the future of audio and how the explosion of, you know, of digital, digital audio in recent years. And it, it's something, I mean, having me on this show certainly is helping get the word out, but I honestly, you know, I, I need to think about how a show like this could help us, you know, continue to drive, drive change and making, you know, make a meaningful impact in, in terms of representation. Well, we're here whenever you need us. 
um, colors, specifically Cindy Smith, um, and whatever your group is is trying to do, um, I mean, and I know that it's going to be a positive thing. We're here to do that. Uh, we're here to help do that. Um, one of the elements of the evolution of colors is taking a look at people of all races, people of all ethnicities and all backgrounds, but we recognize that there has to be a special effort, special effort to focus on black folks, to folks to focus on people of color because it's not the same the the playing field is not level. Well, JJ, I certainly appreciate your efforts and I appreciate you inviting me to talk about the work that we did in terms of representation for own and just the work that we're doing in general. Because as you said, um, the playing field is definitely not level. And we there's been a lot of focus recently on Black representation. But we are also looking into Latinx representation and Asian representation because like you said, the, the playing field is not level and we are doing what we can to bring this knowledge and, and do what we can to help change it. And information is powerful and, and doing the, the surveys that we do and talking to consumers and working with our clients to make a real change. That's what my hope is. And I thank you for what you were doing to, first of all, just open the eyes of people that may not be aware or choose not to be aware and understand what is going on out here. And everyone just, we want to be represented and we want to be represented authentically across all mediums. And yeah. again, I think that that podcast and radio shows are a great way to do that. Yeah. Well, I'm just a little ticked off about people ignoring Cindy Smith, the Cindy Smiths of the world. Uh, and, you know, a person like you, listen to this, folks. She is an accomplished market research professional with more than 15 years of solid experience as, as an analyst, focus group moderator, strategic consultant in the in entertainment energy uh, industry. But that's not all she does. <laughs> I mean, she connects on multiple levels with multiple ethnicities of people, people in different aspects of professional life. Um, and when you look at, she, you know, she wasn't always this, you know, she's done other things. And this is the thing about, about women of color is that they've always had to do multiple things. And you mentioned it in your comments about side hustles and this, that, and the other. Well, you know, it's good to be able to do a side hustle, but who wants to have to do it? But you and black women and, and, and many other people uh, who are listening have had to do that. So this is a thing that it, it gets me a little ticked off right now is the fact that you actually have to do this, <laughs> that you actually have to do this work. You know, still, people still haven't woken up to what they're missing. And, you know, you tell me, if you're looking back, how did you get prepared for this work coming through your career? You know, it's interesting. As I worked in market research, when I when I first started, um, I'll just I'll talk about I started in the movie screening side of the business, and you know, less than ten percent of the audience was asked to participate or give their opinion. Less than ten percent of, of I'm sorry, less than ten percent of the audience was non-white. So if we're screening a movie, you know, back in the days when I started people of color weren't invited to screen the movie or give their opinion. Now that certainly has changed over the years, but 
it, it struck me as odd because I'm like, well, me and my black friend group, we go to the movies all the time. When I go to the movies, I see lots of black people. I see lots of brown people. But there was a time when our opinion just wasn't valued. But fortunately, studios and networks have seen that they see who's buying their product, who's who's watching their shows and have become much more inclusive in trying to find out what it is that we want to see, what will get us to continue to buy movies or stream content. So I'm happy to see that it has changed. But as I worked through it, um, you know, I was given opportunities from some of our clients to, you know, become a moderator and, and talk to people. And it wasn't just talking to, you know, black consumers. I was talking to all consumers and then um, I had an opportunity to work on employee affinity groups where um, the company I was with was looking to go public and they were really taking a look at, at their numbers and saw that there was a there was a gap. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I got involved really kind of on a grassroots inside the company in terms of, of bringing you know more representation to the research industry, and I've just continued that in my current role with the National Research Group. Mm-hmm. And I was given the opportunity to start our diversity, equity, and inclusion division because that did not exist 18 months ago. But I was given the opportunity to bring in consultants and have training and just open the eyes of you know the, the people that I work with and understand that you know we need to open we need to open our doors to more diverse perspectives. Well, I think this study does it. It nails it, and I. I'm also a little ticked off that this wasn't really, it didn't, I didn't really see, I didn't see this story about this survey in any mainstream media, you know, the networks that should have done it, the big newspapers that should have done it, didn't do it. Um, Did you see that? Right. Well, when we released a representation matters study, uh, it it was more of the entertainment media picked it up, a variety picked it up and and a few others, uh, Deadline Hollywood, as well as the own story. Um, Axios did a short interview and picked it up. Um, there was one other, you know, besides Deadline, Axios. But the whole point is it should have been in every major newspaper across the country. I agree. This is because this is not just a entertainment industry no. issue. This is an issue that crosses all industries. And though the focus of this was entertainment, if you if you did this study with, you know, other businesses, I'm sure you would get similar results in terms of of the need for accurate and authentic representation across the board. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Cindy Smith, um, I'm very appreciative that you have spent some time talking with us about this today because you have done what you always do. And that, that is bring it. Um, it's up to us to just use it. Uh, and so I thank you for that. Is there something else or anything else you want to add here that I haven't asked you about that you think is important? Well, one of the questions that you asked me earlier is like, you know, what what can you know, what can you do or what can society do? And one thing is, you know, I, I just hope that people will listen, you know, listen to black women and, you know, give them the mic listen and follow through that's where i feel where people have fallen short is okay yeah 
I've heard what you said. I read what you said. But now we need the action. We need the follow through. And I think that is what will help us make significant strides in terms of combating inequality. Yeah, you know, taking the action. Yeah, you're right about that. And you know what? It's we can't go backwards. I'm not talking about black folks. I'm talking about people, America in general. I was talking with one of your friends not too long ago, Ariva Martin. Uh, and Ariva mentioned to me um, something called backlash, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, having oh, a yes. conversation, having a conversation after a year plus of post uh, George Floyd's murder, rest his soul, um, and other um, black folks across the country, and the protest and the marches, and people often refer to this now as back during the Black Lives Matter. Well, it's still happening. Okay, so we're not done with that. And the you know the thing that was really interesting to me was she said she had been engaging with some of her white friends, females who were tired of hearing about it and wanted it to stop saying we've done enough. Have you experienced that? Not. And, and I did hear your interview with Ariva, um, not directly, but I have heard, um, you know, rumblings of, you know, this, this is, this is a lot, this is heavy. Um, you know, yes. You know, why, why are we, why are we still talking about this? And we need to continue to talk about this until people understand the impact of the inequality that we have suffered for years and how that impact is continuing today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people, people get uncomfortable, uh, and when they're uncomfortable, they want to shy away or dismiss it. And, you know, and I had to think about that when I brought in a, in a diversity consultant, like how are people going to, how are they going to react? Are they going to react? Are they going to embrace this? Or are they just going to shrug it off and check the box? Oh, I've gone through diversity training. And it, and it is something that we have to talk about. It is uncomfortable and we have to, as they say, get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> and so this is no longer a topic of conversation. And I hope that this change happens in my lifetime. I mean, I'm, I, I look for silver linings. I mean, unfortunately, what we saw happen to George Floyd, we've seen it for years and years and years. I have to be honest, I didn't see the video, it was probably two weeks before I even looked at it because I'm like, oh, this is more of the same. And I, and I felt bad that I was so desensitized to what was happening that I didn't even watch it. But then when I saw it, it, it was life changing. There's no doubt about it. There is absolutely no doubt about it. And I've told a few people that the day George Floyd died, so did I. I was fortunate enough to be resuscitated, and this is in a figurative sense, but I realized when I woke up from watching that video that it couldn't be the same. I couldn't go back to that. And so the work that you've done on this study and this survey and all of the work that you're doing with the Oprah Winfrey Network is just absolutely necessary. It's some of the best research I've ever seen. It looks good. It reads very simply and very straightforward. Uh, and I'm hopeful that there is absolutely nothing but success that comes from this. And I'm just going to end this with one thing. You, at the end of the this, this survey, or, or about the end, there's this section that says action drives progress. The definition of representation and diversity is more than numbers. 
Two, meet black women where they are with the support and tools they need. Three, give her a voice and recognition gives you a seat at her already full table. Access makes the most meaningful impact. Representation where decisions are made will drive real change. And these are some of the things you've already mentioned. So I'm very hopeful that this today and other opportunities that you have to talk about this survey and this study. I I encourage everybody to go get it and read it. It's not that long. It's just very impactful. So I'm sure that there is an opportunity out there to to, to achieve all those goals that you want. So thank you, Cindy, for doing this today. JJ, thank you very much for having me on the show. And I will continue, you know, outside of the show to to bring awareness to inequalities and not only bring awareness, but work to make change. You're listening to Colors. My name is Ken Duffy. I am white, first generation Irish American born in New York. I am a child of an immigrant. My father came over from Ireland. We didn't grow up with a whole lot, but We were white. We had advantages over other people based on our skin color. And that's what I try to remind myself every day when I look at my life as a journalist, that I need to tell stories that need to be told. I need to lift up voices that have been silenced for so many years. And to continue doing that, even while the protesting has subsided somewhat in the wake of the death of George Floyd, that we need to continue to be brave enough to go out there and to tell the stories that need to be told and to not worry about who's going to pick one side or the other on it, but to do your job, to be a public servant again, and to contribute something to society that actually matters, to have the courage to go out there and to continue to do it because it is so important to do still in this country. So many issues out there that we need to tell for the betterment of society. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. If you have any thoughts about the Colors podcast, you can reach us at colors at thecolorspodcast.com. That's colors at thecolorspodcast.com. My name is Rajesh. I'm American, but my race is mixed with Indian and Hispanic. Marieli Lopez Santana. I'm Puerto Rican, and I reside in Virginia. My name is Karen Hansen. I'm white. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. My name is Michael Williams. I'm an African-American. I'm born and raised in Washington, D.C. My name is Michael Edwards. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I am white. I'm J.J. Green, and I'm black, and this is Colors. Coming up in our next episode of Colors. A racist threat was made against black high school students in a suburb of Rochester, New York. I was scared, was worried about my child. Even though we are Asian, our skin tone is dark. Farahar Kumar is Sri Lankan. She lives in Pittsford, New York. She's a therapist. She's also an activist. And when she's tried to flag problems like this for city leaders. We bring up the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, we're called nuts or crazy or, you know, they start. Really? Who? Yes. So who does this? Who are they? Who are the people that start calling you these things? 
Um, so it comes down from the leaders. Um, you know, the, our town supervisor has told me that I'm, you know, once I start talking about the word equity, I'm considered I should be lumped in with the crazy nuts of the town, right? That's coming up in our next episode of Colors. Time to go again. And before we do, we want to say thank you to some people. Hillary Howard, Mike Jakaitis, Abigail Constantino, the WTOP social team, Melissa Howell, Adisa Hargett-Robinson, Joey Rivera, Greg Christian, RTDNA, the Radio Television Digital News Association. Also, thanks to Jocelyn Chesson. Thanks to Julia Ziegler, Joel Oxley, Thomas Warren. For the music, thank you, Jesse Gallagher, Cosmic, and thank you, Offshane. And of course, most of all, thank you for listening. And remember, just keep talking to each other. And just as important, keep listening to each other. You can subscribe to Colors on Apple, Spotify, Podcast DC, Podcast One, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America.